Hello, and welcome to the I Am Me Initiative podcast. We are your hosts, Kim and Jackie. We met through holistic healing, instantly connected, and have built a friendship on profound conversations, healing, and growth. Only after about a decade did we finally decide to record our conversations, knowing that we cannot be the only ones going through the messy middle of this beautiful thing called life. The shifts that we have experienced through our own healing has brought incredible change in ourselves, our personal lives, and even our businesses. We continue to learn, or rather unlearn, how to be us, clear the clutter that is keeping us from being the most incredible and authentic versions of ourselves, and we want you to jump in. It's time to pay the lessons forward. So join us in this space where we get to come back to ourselves, share the hard stuff, the good stuff, and of course, the magic of stepping into exactly who we are meant to be. Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of the I Am Me Initiative podcast. We're your host, Kim. And Jackie. (laughs) And today we wanted to talk about something that um, I posted on our Facebook group, a live I did on Valentine's Day. The analogy of being a tree, and this might sound completely whacked, but the concept of why are we so critical on ourselves and typically take care of others before ourselves and make our priorities and our boundaries so much more about other people than our own selves? And, you know, why are we not saving ourselves first when it comes to, to our life, to our day, and truly finding our own joy? And then letting that trickle out into the people around us. So that's the topic we're going to talk about today. I love it. Hey, Kim, will you do the analogy again in case no, um, you didn't hear it on Facebook? Because I love the analogy of the tree. And then I think we can just branch off from there. Huh, no pun intended there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. Oh, I'm corny like that, though. <laughs> so um, the analogy of the tree. So if you imagine a tree and we think about like some of the most beautiful trees you've ever seen in your life, they have the most amazing root system, right? Because they're big, they're tall, they're strong. So they've got these good roots that hold them solid where they are. And then they've got this big, gorgeous top to them that provides shade and shelter and home and serenity for any of the animals and people around them, right? And um, they just root themselves and they grow and they evolve and they develop. They don't pick themselves up and try to chase around every animal or person or thing that might need their shelter or their shade. They stay solid where they are. They build themselves a really confident root system that gives them everything that they need and they be themselves and they have this gorgeous growth that happens and they have to go through the seasons. So as people, if you were to be a tree, you set this super good root system down in who you are and you're grounded And then you allow yourself to create this beautiful energy, this top energy of growing and evolving, dreaming. And this is part of the top of your tree. And it's you just stay where you are and you provide all the things that you need first and foremost. But by doing that, you also create shelter and serenity and peace and healing for anybody around you because you are in that energy. That's that's perfect. The perfect analogy. And we can just like go off the podcast right now. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. See you next week, everyone. (laughs) 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 
okay well that's i mean ideally we could all just decide okay today i'm gonna be a tree and just plant your roots and away you go but it's not it's not always that easy to just focus on yourself especially if you've got plate spinning you know like you've got kids you've got a job you've got a spouse you've got aging parents yeah aging parents or or animals or a farm like there's just so many things moving so usually and this is something i am and have done my entire life even since i was a child because i'm empathetic to a fault mm-hmm. that i will spin a million plates and i'll put mine down always i will never look after me if it's if it, it's like the first thing to go it's the easiest thing for me to shift off of my pie chart of what I'm focusing on in my day or my life and so it in theory yeah like just go do this great that's great advice but how the f do we do that when you've got so many other things going on exactly and I'm there's some of this that I'm still learning and walking through too Kim like it's this is part of my messy middle for sure because I'm the same as you I'm so um my, I'm a huge empath. And so to try and keep everyone else's life going, I will put my, my dish won't even make it to the dishwasher to help everybody else, right? Like, never mind it's spinning, it's dirty, and it's sitting on top of the counter, not in the dishwasher even. So yes, I totally get this. Um, and it's a lesson I need to work on every day. And I'm getting better and better. I feel like I've done a really nice job of raising my boys like that so that they can see their power and their confidence and that they don't need me to do everything for them. But I've done a really shitty job of raising up my husband. And I still have to um, remind myself that he's he's more of an adult than I am and that he should be able to do some things that I have let spin out of control. <laughs> I agree. Like, I feel like in my relationship and it's not my husband's fault. He's a wonderful man and he's capable of a lot of things. It's just the roles that I assumed in our relationship early on. And we've been together for a very long time and we've gone through a lot of things that obviously pointed out our insecurities along the way. And it's taken, you know, a while, a long while to like recognize the awareness of that, that was insecurities. And so I came into this relationship with really, really shitty boundaries So I did everything because I felt like in order to prove myself as being worthy in a relationship, I had to be the most amazing partner. So I would cook, I would clean, I would, you know, try to take care of myself in a way that was attractive. Like I just all these things. And here I am now, like we've had a child, we're married, we're, we both have full-time jobs. We have, we're building ourselves a, a little farm and it feels like I'm still doing a good portion of things. I mean, he's really great to help out, but it's kind of like after I say, Hey man, like I'm, you need to do this. And I've had to have this big, I like hit this huge wall. Like I'm not even kidding you. Where I was like, I was so anxious and I was living in this constant state of anxiety and I wasn't getting anywhere because it felt like I had no time. I had no time, no energy, no, no I had nothing left at the end of the day. I was like, how am I ever going to put in like a workout for myself so I can feel better or, or even doing something for my new business, I was like, how the hell am I going to fit this in my day? My days are tapped. I can't do this. And the wall I hit was this recognizing that I needed to have better boundaries and my boundaries really sucked. And I needed to stop saying yes, that I would do things and say no. And like, that's not easy when you've conditioned and and created and, and like you said, like 
raised your relationship in a space where you were capable of doing everything. And so I hit this boundary wall and then I started saying like, hold on. And I was actually brought to me in a coaching session that I was, I was being coached and I'm so grateful for being coached. I find it such an awesome thing to like really get real with yourself was my coach said to me, she's like, if he's asking you to do another thing, he has to then take something off of your plate for you because there's no room for it. And you don't have to say yes if you're already too full. And too full is probably five things less than what you're doing already now. And just recognizing that, like, I'm allowed to say no, this is too much. I need my own, like, space just as much as you do. And again, I'm not trying to sound like he's a bad person. He's a lovely person. It was my own fault for not setting up this boundary because I've had this belief system that if I don't do this stuff, I'm not good enough. That's exactly where I came from too, um, Kim. Like my husband is not a bad person at all, but I wanted to um, be so validated in our relationship that I allowed it. Like I tried to, I just like you, I did everything. I wanted to be everything. I wanted to, you know, have the nice house and the had a full-time job and I wanted to provide and, I like, I wanted to do all the things. And then you just get to a point where it's like, <sighs> so what I've started doing now to put up some boundaries, even though it looks maybe a little bit different right now is say, you know what, I will do that for you, <clears throat> but it can't be today. Is that okay? Or would you rather just do it yourself? Mm-hmm. Yep. Just to, it takes it. I guess, like we've talked about before, it kind of neutralizes the situation instead of me just getting pissed off and storming around and looking like I'm like I've lost my marbles. I just <laughs> kind of put it back onto him in a way that he can understand because th- that is not saying no, I'm not doing it, and him getting mad. It's like I can't do it today. If you can wait till tomorrow, we can do it then, or you're going to have to figure out how to do this yourself. So do you feel in that situation, though, that like, ultimately, to find your true stability in it is to be able to say no. And like, I guess it's more like a, there's got to be a scale a system, right? Where it's like, okay, I would actually like doing that and help you with that. Sure, but it's not gonna happen today. Or if there's like a scale where it's like a hard no, I'm not doing that, like you can do it. Yeah, stepping into the next step of confidence is saying like, no, I'm not doing that. And if he's mad, you have to it's this is where it's tough, because you can like, say something and then their reaction flips you back into your old old patterning because it's like oh my god i've upset them and i don't want to and then you feel bad because you're empathetic and it creates that cycle and you never step out of it so it's like being able to like okay i'm gonna hang on really hard to my root here and saying no and that root becomes your like security line i'm gonna say no they're gonna have a hissy fit and you're gonna be like i'm sorry that's your own issue you know like and I mean, to give credit to our husbands, naturally, they usually are like, ah, okay, fine. Like, they're not, I mean. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? And, but this isn't just with our husbands. This was every, everything in your life. Like, whether it's a boss, uh, a friend, you know, a kid, it's like being able to step into where you're like, no, that doesn't actually work for me. Like, yeah. last night, for example, for example, last night, my husband was going out to go help um, some friends, and then. I knew I'd be going to bed before him and the previous night he'd come to bed and he was like, it was like, he was he like busted through the door and like he threw his belt on the floor and, and like had a flashlight on. And I was like, well, I guess I'm awake. Like, 
and <laughs> I, you know, I'm working on healing my sleep right now. And I was like, this isn't helping. And so right. I was annoyed and grumpy. And then tonight he was leaving or last night, pardon me, he was leaving to go to help his friends. He's like, I'll sleep on the couch when I get home. I was like, okay, you can sleep in our bedroom. Just could you be a little bit more courteous about coming in? Just be a little bit quieter. That's all. Like, and then I felt this need to be like, it's okay. I love you. Will. And I didn't do it because I was like, no, I'm not asking for him to cut his arm off. I'm saying <laughs> slow down when you come into the room so that you're not blazing in there and waking me up. <laughs> so you have to like hang on to your root in that boundary and it especially because it's a new thing for you but you know you need to do it it's going to feel really uncomfortable it it it's a it's like a muscle you have to keep practicing and practicing and practicing i have to practice every day sometimes yeah. it's hourly i have to practice that's the truth of it yeah especially in like i would say your lifestyle situation because with a farm like your your operation like it's kind of a constant there's never really a time off like you're not you know, you're not at work and you're gone. You're always kind of, it's just so like kind of sporadic, right? It just depends on what's going on. For that sure. it's, it is harder for you because you don't have set hours or things that you're gone. Like it's more, okay, I need to be more rooted in myself to say, yes, I'll do that. Or no, I won't do that. For sure. And I don't need to just fold socks. It's okay. Like somebody, you're a big man. You can fold your own socks. <laughs> yeah. This is something. Like when we, when, like, I know with myself, like this boundaries thing has been on the horizon for me, but I've always been like, nah, I'm good. Nah, I'm good. And then it got to the point where I was so freaking resentful. I'm like, I'm not good. I'm resentful. And I wasn't resentful. I mean, it might have looked like I was resentful to say my spouse or my family, but I was actually resentful to myself because I wasn't listening to my body screaming at me saying this is too much you can't handle this like the anxiety that I was experiencing was not healthy like it was like I went to a doctor because I was like I'm not feeling very good and she's like uh this is anxiety and she I'm really grateful for this doctor she's really amazing she encouraged me to actually talk to somebody about it and that's when I moved into doing some more like really steady coaching and and um but like it wasn't healthy my body was screaming at me and I wasn't doing anything about it so this internal resentment that could have very easily been shed at my spouse or whoever I was not setting a boundary with was mm -hmm. internal as like, you're not listening to yourself and this is too much. And I think a lot of it came from my expectations I had on like, my house should look a certain way. My body should look a certain way. My business should be doing so much in inventory and, you know, I should be doing A, B, and C. Plus I should have free time to ride my horse, go cross country, cross -country skiing, spend two hours with my kid every day. And I was like, my head's going to explode. Absolutely. Well, and then you think of the people that have to add sports into their chasing kids around with sports and who do work for a boss uh, away from home and being yes people too much, right? And having a really hard time to set boundaries around employee-employer um, uh, relationship. There's yeah. so many things that can, um, and like we're we're, humans are always looking for validation from outside rather than just inside. And so yeah. I think that we set ourselves up for failure, really, because we're looking for that validation that I am doing a good job, but we don't know how to give ourselves the you're doing a great job talk. We've mm -hmm. never been taught to do that. So I exactly. feel like that's where we need to start almost is like 
sit down with what you're doing and you are doing a great job. You just have to, um, you have to be your, your first and best cheerleader. And I think too, like to, yeah, like you have to see that you're in yourself that you're like, you know, yeah, like be your own support system, I guess, is, is what I mean by the tree, right? Like the tree focuses on growing its own root system. The tree grows, focuses on growing its own, you know, leaves and branches. And it creates this amazing, you know, shelter, like we said, but it doesn't bend and flex to try to make it work for everybody around or everything around it. It just does it for itself. And I think that if we can create that inner knowing we stop searching for validation, then our boundaries become better because we don't need someone to tell us we're doing a good job. Like you said, and we just are like, yeah, I'm, I'm good just the way I am. And, and that that's enough. That's perfect right now. So how do we start this? How do you start when you've been in the, you're like in the thick of the muck and you've been doing everything for everyone. And now all of a sudden you're like, oh, Kim and Jackie said I need to be a tree. So how the hell do we start? (laughs) I think the number one easiest thing is to start giving away some of the little tasks that if they don't get done, and I mean, this is for people like you have to really work on yourself here because you're going to probably be like, well, I could just freaking do this myself. It'd be so much easier. Yeah, it would be easier in terms of like, the part of your ego that says you have to have this done and that's the only way that you're okay is going to be happy. But the part of you that's like, I am drowning in my life and I'm not living the way I want to be is going to be really upset. So let go of the little things. Like for me, I stopped worrying that like my house didn't have to be a certain level of spotless all the time. It's fine. Like if I don't do house cleaning every single weekend to the level I want to, because my husband wants me to come out and like enjoy a wiener roast and a snowmobile ride, I'm going to go do it because I deserve to have joy too, right? Also, I can say, okay, but the house needs cleaning. So if you do this and I do this and we meet in the middle, we'll be done and everything's good and we're all happy. So it's like start delegating these little these little jobs. Um, listen to your body. Like if you're working a full-time job and it works for you to lessen that because it's too much because you got kids going every direction or, you know, maybe you're just not that well, give yourself the permission to say, I need a little bit of a break. You know, like really, I think we have to stop and evaluate how we're living in our daily life. Like, are we just adding way too much pressure to it? Right. Yes. Yes. That, no, it's perfect. It's a perfect way to, um, to get started is that little delegation. One thing that one of the best and smallest things that helped me was actually using online shopping. So I start a shopping cart and everyone knows where my shopping cart is. And if there's something they need, they throw it in and I, we don't have to talk about it. We don't have to expect that I'm just going to read their minds and know that all these things need to be in it. They just go find it, put it in the shopping cart and on, they know on Sunday nights, we close it up and away we go. So even like a small little delegation like that has changed a lot of my week, you know, because you're not worrying about all that kind of thing. Totally. And like, if you have kids and they're of age that they could like load a dishwasher or cook a meal, let them do it. Get them to do it. Yeah. You know, like my three-year-old actually loves doing dishes and I'm just encouraging it. I mean, I'm not telling him to do them. He is three, but he loves to help. So teaching him now that it's good to do those kind of things, you know, because it's a, if you think about it and like, if you think about your life in your home, 
there has to be balance to some degree or harmony maybe is a better word where like maybe you are like your tendencies are better at say cooking I do 99% of the cooking in my household because my husband doesn't feel comfortable doing it so then I'm like okay if I'm gonna do this then you need to be like bathing our child or like you know whatever laundry or something because it's not fair for me to do it all and I don't get to come up up after work and sit down and just chill and wait till a meal's made. I go (laughs) straight from work into cooking a meal. And, and there are days where I get frustrated by that. And I need to work on setting a bit of a better boundary by like, okay, well, if I'm going to cook, then at least you tell me what we're cooking because that's part of the process and the stress of like knowing what to eat. You know, it's just delegate some little, some little things at first and then bigger things as you get more confident and saying, I am just enough as I am. I mean, going back to the very first time we talked on a podcast saying our value and our worth and just being who you are, not adding on all these roles. And, and it's, I think sometimes too, we get a little bit, I don't know if we'll call it being martyrs or if we're like almost slightly arrogant. And I don't mean this in a mean way, but we're like, look how much I can do. Like there's been days where I've like worked a full day, you know, hauled bales, moved cows, cooked meals, took care of a child all on my own. And I was like, holy shit, I'm amazing. <laughs> at least you saw you were amazing because you are amazing. Well, thank you. But then at the end of the day, I was like, that was a really long ass day. And then for the next three days, I was like, I'm dying. And I didn't eat well. I didn't sleep well. I didn't exercise because I put everything into that day when I could have said, no, I'm not doing that or I need help or whatever. Right? Yeah, for sure. Well, I feel like we... um one of my girlfriends was do was comparing her we were talking about comparison and how comparison can really um jade how you show up in your life and she she also is from a farming background and moved on to a family farm and she said as the outside walking in it looked like her mother-in-law had it all together right she had the ultimate clean house she had baking she had like she helped with the cow, like she did everything. And so this kid, because basically she was a kid when they got married, walks in and is like, well, holy shit. Now I have to prove myself to this, not just to her husband, but to her family, like this farm family she moved into. And the, the amount of stress that it caused and the amount of resentment that it started, she's, like she said, it really set me up for failure for the first five years of my marriage because I was trying to keep up to unrealistic goals I set for myself that nobody else was even looking at. Her mother-in-law didn't care. She just wanted her son to be loved. Right. And I think we have to look at this too. Like a lot of this, with, especially with women, like we're just coming off kind of our a generation of of a gender role where the women did do all that stuff. But then you add in the feminism movements of creating equality and can get misconstrued into like, okay, now I got to do everything I did before plus work plus, plus, plus. And that wasn't really the point. The point is to be considered equal where it gets shared, not more on top of a woman. But I feel like so many of us have gone that direction where it's like, okay, not only am I now the housekeeper and the mom and the baker and the cook and all those things, but I'm also the, I'm a breadwinner too. 
And it's like, that's such an old paradigm. And we need to shift that paradigm energetically for not just women, but, but for like, we need to see that, like, that's just not even really feasible. And no wonder so many women are like walking around on, on medication because they can't handle their friggin' life because their life is just too much. And I'm not trying to poo poo on guys. Like it happens to men too, because expectations on men have risen as well. And it's, but it's as a woman, this is my experience, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Taken for granted on my table um, when I have clients in, taken for granted comes up a lot, actually, as a trapped emotion. And so, and it's not just women, it's men as well that are feeling that taken for granted space. So um, I think we all need to do a better job of validating ourselves and supporting our own selves first, um, because it shows up in every person that comes here. Well, and that's the thing, like you, and then you feel like you're taken for granted. So then you get mad at the people that do it to you. And then you try to control that they might see you differently by basically just doing the same thing over again, maybe just a little different way. Like, Mm -hmm. well, if I do this, they'll see me differently. And, and what we really need to do is shift the energy or shift the paradigm about it. Like instead of trying to do anything for anyone else, do everything for you And when you start to do that and you start to say, no, I can't do that, or that doesn't work for me, or this isn't good for me to do this, and you hold yourself in a higher standard, then you open this door to allow your people to hold themselves in a higher standard as well. Like when I start saying, no, I'm not doing that, and you can help do this, and you know how to do this, even if it's with my kid who's little, I'm teaching him the confidence to believe in himself that he can do it. With my husband, there's been this really cool shift where because I'm so independent and I can do all these things and like moving to the farm, there's been a lot of like kind of relearning of like driving tractors and trucks and trailers and things like that. And like there was lots of times where I'm like, I can't do it. And he'd be like, yes, you can. And you have to because I'm not home. (laughs) And So (laughs) I would figure it out and I would feel really good about myself. But then the the lines would get blurred and how much I should do in a day. And that's kind of what I was talking about. Um, but when I started saying, okay, I know I can do that and I'm capable of doing that, but I actually don't want to, or it's too much for me. And I stepped back into kind of more of my true feminine energy where I'm like, I, yeah, I can lift that and I can carry that or I can move that, but it's, I, I can't, I don't want to, cause it hurts me. Then all of a sudden he kind of started stepping into this more masculine role and our relationship shifted where I let him be more masculine for me and I became a little bit more feminine. Our connection deepened in a way that was really cool. Like he then stood up for me in a way that was really neat. And he started to like kind of provide some things that I had never let him because my boundaries suck so much that I was like, well, I'm not going to rely on you to be even my partner. And I didn't realize I was doing that. Interesting. Hey. Yeah. And so, I opened the door to let him stand in a higher standard of him, his own self. And then we connected in a better way. Now, don't get me wrong. There are still times where we like circle the like, <laughs> you know, cause these are old patterns and they're not super easy to break. But if you try every day to get a little bit ahead of it, then you stand in a better version of yourself. You each do that. Your relationship grows and evolves in a way that's really cool. You'll always have ups and downs. That's how it works. But yeah, when you start to really see your value and you you and this goes back to trusting your intuition because your intuition is going to guide you. If you feel like something you're doing is just really not right or you don't want to do it and it's very very strong, 
you have to acknowledge that you have to listen to that. And that's what you said, Jackie, where you can say like, it's not working for me right now. Maybe you can help me tomorrow or you can do it, whatever. Like you don't have to come at it at a really harsh approach, but when you start to listen to your intuition, it creates this sense of knowing exactly what your boundaries should be. And that's how it becomes easier to build them. Delegate the little things, start listening to where you're really at and then stand firm and hang on because your body's going to, your mind is going to want to play tricks on you and be like, Oh, you feel really bad about this. It's not true. You don't actually feel really bad. Your ego just thinks you do. That's awesome. I, I'm taking notes just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish that we could all like, you know, wake up in the morning and be like, I'm awesome. And like, I'm going to do what works for me by doing that. I'm going to teach my family to do the same. And we're all going to like, integrate well together like that's the goal <laughs> I remember if not too many years ago sitting like coming home from a full-time job having supper started like this is where I didn't have any boundaries at all and so I'm doing all of the things I probably had to get kids to sports or 4-H or something and I remember sitting down on the couch and hearing my front door open and jumping up like I had been shot by a, by a shotgun to <laughs> pretend that I wasn't sitting down. Oh, right. I've come yeah. a long way, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was like, it was, uh, when I think back to that, per that version of me, I feel sad for her. Mm -hmm. And you, yeah. And you need to acknowledge that there was sadness to that because because that sadness will fester and stay there and, and it, you know, becomes depression actually. Yeah. And so fast. It's, it is crazy. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not listening to yeah. yourself. Not at all. It, there was nowhere in there that meant that there was anything that um, I put myself first. It was, I, I put myself on the bottom of a to-do list that I could never get to the end of the to-do list. <laughs> exactly. That is, I was just going to say that in a lot of my sessions I've worked with, with, with women primarily, I, some men though too. Um, so we put ourselves on our list. Okay. Right. Like, so I got like this, 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 and this thing to do. And then I'm going to go work out or read a book or go have coffee with my friends. And then you get through your day and it's like this revolving list. Um, just as you're coming to the top of it, something happens and bloop, way back to the bottom you go, right? Mm -hmm. and, <clears throat> and so we do this. We like keep, oh, I'll put myself on there tomorrow and I'll get to it. I promise. I promise I'll get to it. So you might bump it up two or three spots, but then same thing happens. The revolving list goes on and on and on and you keep getting bumped to the bottom. And it's like we have to pull ourselves off that list and put ourselves over on the side where it's number one priority is this. It's non-negotiable. It can't change. It has to happen. And unless we're doing that, we're going to continue in that cycle of revolving these, these priorities. And like, I was also brought to my attention in my, in my coaching, because I was so stressed out and so anxious about all these things I wasn't or was doing or needed to be doing that I, I created this like over exaggerated version of what I thought my husband even thought of what needed to be done. And so then this my coach said to me she's like you are only responsible for yourself and your children until they are 
basically adults. And then it's basically you're just responsible for yourself. No one else, not your husband, no one else, not your family, no one else. And so that just that thought shifted for me where I was like, you're right. I really am just responsible for myself. And what's Jackie, tell me the analogy that you used about the plane, the plane going down. That you need to, if you, if you're on an airplane, they always tell you when they do the safety, put your oxygen mask on first and then help the people around you. Yeah. And why do we hear this? You know, anytime we get on a plane, but yet (laughs) don't, let it sink in that it's a real thing. I know it's a great analogy that none of us think about except for when it's, you know, when you're sitting on that plane ready to go, but it just, sometimes it sticks with me. Sometimes I need to remind myself of, I need the oxygen mask. I'm, I'm seriously in the middle, the messy middle of this, trying to find my way through it. Me too. Me too. I like, I mean, there are days where I feel like I've done really well and I've lived very yes. true to myself and it's easy. And then variables change variables that are a little bit more high, um, like energy will say, you know, say like, it's, I don't know. Anyways. And I will slip back into the, the patterns that were before because it's what my body knows. It's what I know. And then, and then I wander around mad and I'm under my breath being like well because I'm (laughs) frustrated that like you know and it's it's no one's fault but my own right so it shows up as it feels like resentment like that's what it shows up and feels like right and I think too so this might sound a little harsh but we will do all these things and we're like this you know we're just spreading ourselves so thin and we're just like so like giving to everything and everyone around us and we want acknowledgement of that and we want it to shift and we kind of look towards our people and like, don't you see how much I'm doing? I'm going to yeah. be really real. You got to own your own shit, man. You got to own your own shit. You're doing that. They're just taking advantage of it. Not purposely by being bad people, but by because it's, you're just always providing it. So until you get real with yourself saying, is this the kind of shit I want to be doing all the time? And if it's a no, it's all on you. And I don't mean that to sound overwhelming or mean it's super freeing when you look in the mirror and say holy gosh I'm the one that built this for myself my reality I'm living in has been created by my expectations or my limiting beliefs or my insecurities or confidence or you know depending on how you're living maybe you've got this under control and you're an expert in this that's amazing and but if you own your own shit (laughs) you can make changes yeah so they're the only person to be resentful at is the person looking at you in the mirror. Exactly. <laughs> That's what you're saying, right? Exactly. Because healing can't take place when you're expecting someone else to treat you differently. You can't no. heal face because you can't control how they're going to treat you. And you might get what you want from them in certain situations, but at the same time, it's not their responsibility to fix how you feel about yourself. And so If you feel abused and taken for granted for, stop doing the things that are being taken for granted. All lessons in there. All big lessons. And I mean, I I say that as I still make my husband a breakfast sandwich every goddamn day. So, (laughs) you know, give me some grace. I'm trying to give myself some grace as I move on to be like, but in the flip side, every morning, this, this guy gets up and folds my massage sheets. So I really, at the end of the day, Right. We've created harmony. And 
I'm grateful for that. So there's a reason why it doesn't feel hard to do it. I love that. There's so much, there's so much stuff to learn and to just keep picking at every day, you know? Yes. But it, 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 you're right. Like you have to take responsibility. It's like the, the people that try and say it's everybody else's fault. Well, no, actually you just need to take responsibility for yourself and make other people take responsibility for themselves and when yeah. that starts in the house it starts to move out to your community once it moves out of your community then it goes bigger and bigger right so you're actually setting up your whole community for success if you start at home yes and i think that you like you just you shift the par- paradigms and that's what we need to do is is heal these old limiting thoughts and beliefs and and old habits that we've lived by that are limiting and move into this more, you know, self-assured clarity. And then there'd be, I think, less cancel culture because we wouldn't all be offended by everything. Cause it's like, it's nothing to do with that person. It's how you're viewing it. Right. Like, and I think that, I think also then when we do these kind of things, we have a better, maybe I'll say aura or shell. I don't want to say shell in terms of that it's hard and, and impermeable where you can't, like you don't grow and evolve from it, but um, an aura where you can handle like say looking at social media and you know inc- and being around successful people and not feeling hard on yourself because you have this internal knowing of who you are and that where you're at right now is exactly where you meant to be and it's it truly is a freeing place you become the tree you stop trying to like pick yourself up and chase around everything or everyone that makes you feel better or or could make things better or look after everybody and you just do the things for yourself. And by doing that, like you said, you just create this energy shift that transfers out around the world. Changes your confidence and brings you joy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And, and just this like strong inner knowing of, of what makes you tick and what you need. And then you can start asking for that from yourself and from others. Yes. So really, it all stems down to you have to ask. It's it's you. There's nobody else. There's nobody else to blame. There's nobody. <laughs> it's you. That's where it has to start. I'm, when I'm saying you, I'm meaning me. Um, yeah. And if but- you're triggered by this, like if you're listening and you're triggered by like, it's not me. It's, not, it's like my husband sucks or my friends suck or my, then you might need to get new people. Yeah, that resonate with you, but you need to figure out what you need first in order to even make that happen. For sure. But maybe the people that suck are sucking because you made them that way. <laughs> so yeah, because you allow just, them to suck, to be right? that present in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, yeah. For sure. I know. Um, I love when you were talking about your relationship with you and Dwayne, like the bringing back, giving him the power of his where he's coming into it does change your relationship right because all of a sudden it feels more cohesive mm-hmm. where you're not just trying to be like superwoman watching him sit on the couch so you actually give him his power back as well to to understand that you are actually a partnership and that you need both pieces of the partnership not just one yeah you know it's so true I had this like kind of revelation the other day where I was like you know I don't 
I don't really let myself in in my relationship be in that feminine energy well I'm not good at that I don't let him like comfort me so then I've always said well he's not that good when I'm down like if I'm sick or unwell he's not that good but it's not really his fault because I've never really let him be that way so I've never asked that of him and I find that sometimes I think he'll get almost like standoffish because he's like well you don't really need me anyways and right. so like, then you become business partners <laughs> rather than like life partners. And I needed to see that. Like, and I also, then when I'm frustrated by the fact that I'm like, well, he is not, he's not taking care of me, but I'm like, am I even letting him take care of me? Like, am I even letting him, am I even taking care of myself to see that I need taken care of? Or am I just spreading myself so friggin' thin <laughs> and scrambling just to get through my days and my days I mean I know people have way crazier days you know what I mean like not that I'm comparing but it just it feels like really on the grand schemes of like stress my days are actually pretty great yeah like we almost take away the bill we we try and be so freaking independent which is cool in a way that we can do so many things but without us even knowing, our subconscious is pushing people away. Yeah. Because they think see it, us as like, well, they can do everything, so they don't need help. Yep. And when you go back to the analogy of the tree, that independence creates this spindly little tree with shitty roots mm-hmm. trying to move itself around to fulfill all these roles and identities and and you know, responsibilities rather than standing firm in the knowing of what actually works for them and creating a solid root system that becomes unshakable. Okay. So I need some tips. What are we, what am I doing today? Like, give me a couple tips that helps me just like start on, uh, putting myself first, like help me, help me put some boundaries, make, let's make some boundaries. Give me some ideas. I think so what I'm going to work on is uh, delegating some stuff. Like, for example, I work tonight with clients until six. So I will prep a little bit of supper, but I'm going to be like, okay, you're going to cook this and I don't need to. And you can, because we are the same competence in terms of looking after a meal. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to say no to a client I've been like this client's been trying to get in and wants to come on the weekend I'm gonna say no I need my weekends they're my time off I'm not gonna do that so I'm finding the things that maybe create a slight irritation when I'm about to do them or thinking about doing them and I'm evaluating is this irritation because I don't actually need to be doing this or is this irritation because it's crossing a boundary for me and this is where we start to develop a really cool and neutral relationship with the emotion of anger. Anger is designed to help us understand our boundaries. Most of us view anger as like rage and out of control, but it's actually just a notion of like, nope, that doesn't work for me. So a really good step is like the moment you feel that instead of it festering and you shutting it up and you creating this like internal rage that makes you want to go eat a bag of chips because you're annoyed you have to cook supper say whoa whoa, no I don't want to it's your turn or I'm not doing that someone else can or 
I'm letting that not be one of the plates I'm spinning. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And just so, um, just an FYI on the body side of where anger and resentment and guilt even, where all that harbors is in your liver and your gallbladder. Yeah. So any of you out there that are having liver issues or gallbladder issues, mm-hmm. I actually was told I had gallstones last year. I had gallbladder attacks. Never in my life I've had anything like that because I was internally raging because I wasn't listening to my boundaries. I wasn't listening to the anger that was there as a neutral notion to say, this doesn't work for me. <laughs> Since I've been starting this new process of re- redeveloping my boundaries, I had to have a re- a re- um, a renewed ultrasound. And they were not as big as they used to be. Isn't that neat? Yeah. Yeah. Our bodies are I haven't, haven't had an attack in months now. That's amazing i had that's funny that gallbladder comes up for you now because i think when my boys were about the same age as your as briggs is now that my gallbladder was inflamed and giving me a hard time but i think of so many people that i know that are on something for like GERD or like always have acid reflux and different things like that that's your gallbladder acting up and it's probably something so simple you know to start it's a, a big, hello, you need to start looking after yourself indication more than you need a medication. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe too, like when you say you need some tips to get started, maybe you do need to get angry. And, <laughs> and I'm saying like with yourself and with people around you in a way that helps you process it. And I'm not saying you need to go and like scream at somebody, but maybe you need to go scream in your vehicle and let some of that emotion out and it's like deflating the an air balloon. And then you go back and you look at it and be like, okay, what am I really mad at here? What am I really mad at? And it's like, I'm mad at the fact that I said yes to too many things that is really unfeasible for me. And why am I so stuck on that expectation? Absolutely. And, yeah. Start living in a space where you're more like, no, that's a boundary. And then these notions become guides to help strengthen your connection to your intuition so when you're feeling them you're like "Ooh, what is this telling me it's telling me that actually by asking to be do to do this is not making me feel good and i need to say no because if i don't say no that person's gonna have no idea that i'm actually not okay with it yeah that's perfect a little tip i like to do is if i have something that i need to get off my chest which shows up as anger, sometimes I'll write it out because the you get it out of your body for one thing instead of letting it har- harbor and fester in there. And then you can actually see your words, what you've wrote. I feel like it's better if you write it in your own handwriting or scribble or whatever, but you can actually see, let it get you, it loses its power then because it's not, you haven't not, verbalized it you have to yourself um you haven't caused yourself any grief because you haven't told anybody except for yourself and then you don't it loses its power over you so that you can relax and make some good choices about what you want to do next how do you grow like okay this is part of my root tree growing so i need to be able to have a proper conversation around this that's going to ultimately give me my set some boundaries right 
yeah, like recognize the the trigger for you. What is it that's really upsetting me? And where is my position in this and how much I'm like allowing to be my responsibility when it doesn't need to be yes. or how much I'm doing um, because we really need to pour that energy into ourselves first. Now, this doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're going to become the self-absorbed jerk and no one's going to want to be around you. It means that you have the mental and emotional space and energetic, you have the bandwidth essentially to then spend some time with your kids and not be like, God, I'm so annoyed because I've got 5 million things I need to be doing. And this kid is just driving me nuts. Instead, you're like, oh my gosh, I have the freedom in my brain to be like, I can actually sit down with my son and play game cards and not be like, well, I've got 3 million things I need to be doing. So I can't actually do this. Or in the situation with my husband, when I'm not stuck in my old patterns and I really am truly emulating this concept, we connect in a way it's like, I really want to be near him and close to him. And like, that's good for our marriage to connect because we can be two ships passing in, in the night very easily. Right. So you no. don't just turn into this, like, <laughs> I don't know no. what you want to call it, like selfish jerk face. You just, what you do is you become this more enlightened and evolved version of you. So if you still truly are an empath, you're just going to have a way better, more neutral and better boundaries around that. You're still going to be an empathetic person. You're still going to care. And you just have better action steps that work for you. And then in, in turn, actually work better for everyone. Yes. And you are showing the people that you live with how to do the same. Yes. Yeah, so then you become a good human. You make good humans. You, en you encourage other people to be good humans. And you just, that trickle effect is what changes, changes the energy of the world. Yes. This feels good. I hope everyone goes and gets themselves a nice little notebook and by the end of the week they've got it all ripped apart and burnt it because <laughs> they've <laughs> so much stuff that they need to get off their chest and just give it to the universe, give it to God, whatever you need to do. But write it out, burn it. Nobody needs to see it except for you. And know how important you are. You are very important. You're very valuable and you need to do the best you can for you and you first. And that's where you start. Be a freaking tree. Be a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great place to end this episode. Um, it's always great sharing these conversations with you, Jackie. And we hope that our listeners, you know, take something away from this and enjoy our goofiness. And we are so grateful for our listeners and everyone that's joining our community on Facebook. So thank you again. And yeah, have a wonderful week. Take care, everybody. Hey, thanks for joining us today with our episode. We're really grateful for your support. And to show our gratefulness and to help us grow our podcast, because we're brand new, we want to incentivize you sharing this with your friends and family. So every time you share it, you get your name entered into a draw to have a session with both Jackie and I. So that's two sessions, one each. We both do holistic healing. You can check out our bios in our in our Facebook group, the I Am Me Initiative. We're so grateful to have you guys here. And again, thanks for joining us. Have a wonderful day. Take care.